Another cool episode doing for a lot you of guys. cool stuff. We are. We are doing a lot of cool stuff. Another cool episode, though, we're going to talk about food labels, the certifications, which kind of, which are the ones to pay attention to, which ones are just kind of mis- misinformation, misguiding you. Hey, you can look it up right now. So I think that's I'm down to talk about the next point. So that's environmental manipulation, technically. You yeah. Know? Good point. Good point. Good thoughts, man. Yeah. Because then, like, I'm okay with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, put it like a certain tomato next to a certain tomato. They make a super tomato or something. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told him, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bro. Just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told him nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog. I swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan they can't eat. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Cup of News with your hosts, Peter and Matt. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. If you guys find any value in these podcast episodes, please give it a share to your friends, family members. It really ranks us uh, higher on the algorithms. And also, if you find value, hit that five stars. Gives us a lot of, a lot of motivation to keep on doing what we're doing. For any new announcements or news, check out the show note episodes or the links in the description, but cupofnurses.com and .shop for all the hot sizzling merch. Same thing with Frontline Warriors. Our Facebook group has been getting more and more engagement, for, so thank you everyone that's there. And if you aren't, join the group. Vlogs are bumping, especially from the Pacific Northwest. We actually just recorded two in Chicago. They'll be out later this year. And we're working on a huge, huge project that's going to be coming out in fall of 2021. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm stoked, man. Another cool episode. We're doing a lot of guys. cool stuff. We are. We are doing a lot of cool stuff. Another cool episode, though. We're going to talk about food labels, the certifications, which kind of, which are the ones to pay attention to, which ones are just kind of mis- misinformation, misguiding you. And we're also going to talk about healthy snack bar options. There's a bunch of snack bars out there, like RX bars. Cliff bars, and we're kind of got to dissect those and see which ones you should probably grab. So when it comes to food labels, prevention medicine is the most important thing because normally when you go into the hospital, we're doing treatments and people are already in bad shape, bad health. So we're going to give you guys tips on how to shop and what labels to look out for. So some of these labels I was kind of upset about when i was looking more into them i'll get into it, especially about the eggs man yeah it's very surprising because you see all this like naturally grown certified this way certified that way and you're not sure what those mean i mean they all they all look good right they all seem important and they all seem valuable but a lot of those are misleading and are misinformation because not every single certification label is actually run by like a governing body and it's not always as clear as it should be yeah just like the fda as we always say so the first one is organic and USDA national organic program basically means that it meets like the agricultural processing and labeling, which basically means that 95% of those ingredients in the food that you're consuming are organic. So they're free of growth hormones, antibiotic, pesticides, hormones, uh, any kind of biotechnology, which is GMO foods, and there's no synthetic ingredients or anything done during the production process. Yeah, and you could also see someone that states made with organic ingredients, and that basically means that about 70% of of that 
like composition of those ingredients are organic. So that's a little differential, which is which is still good, but you you always want to look for the USDA certified organic. That's the hundred percent way to go. That's going to be your healthiest and best option to go to. Yes, and those are foods that are going to be in large markets. If you go to, for example, farmers market, he's not going to have that labeling. You're going to have to trust the guy that he actually grew it because it costs twelve hundred dollars for organic processor to get certified, and it's over seven hundred dollars if you're getting it the first time. So not a lot of people want to go that route. They're just literally growing the food and bringing it to their trucks and selling it to local local people. Right. Another really good one to look for is when it says certified naturally grown. That's almost as good as the, the USDA organic, you could say. But this is run by a different body. Like Matt said, it's very expensive for farmers to have that label on their products. So there's a good alternative, which is certified natural organic. And that's basically other farmers looking at other farmers and making sure that their stuff is actually organically grown. So it's almost, it almost abides by the same standards as a USDA organic, except this is like a cheaper alternative and it's more of like a peer to peer kind of thing because you literally have farmers that grow organic stuff, go to these farms to make sure that those farmers are growing organic stuff without the USDA labeling on it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how everything's working. It's also cool because we are raised from families that were farmers. Mm-hmm. So I actually was talking to my grandpa a lot about this stuff and learning about how long it took and it takes a lot of work man you got to go to the land every single day you got to bring your cows out there and graze and it's a it's a whole process yeah it's a process and that's only for a small farm imagine for these giant agricultural farms that are growing growing uh beef or poultry for for society those are huge farms so they're always going to find ways or try to make growing those animals a little bit simpler so this is when these governing bodies come into play to make sure these animals are well-fed and grown properly because if you have a giant farm and you're you have hundreds and hundreds of animals you're gonna probably see overcrowding you're gonna have less up up like you're gonna have less standards you could say because it's gonna be easier for you to kind of avoid those standards because you have so much animals to take care of that things might get overlooked compared to a small farm so like you might think like if my grandpa could raise you know five cows organically i don't see why these these corporations can either i mean they can but they also want to grow these animals quicker with less effort and more in an efficient manner. So on a, on a grand scale, when you make things bigger, you're going to kind of try and find loopholes and make things more efficient compared to right. a smaller farm. And, and that's a capitalist economy that we're living in. For example, he was saying how often you have to go and as the potatoes are growing on the side, you have a bunch of weeds. And sometimes you bring a tra- he brought a tractor. I don't know what kind of machine or what is even called in English, but is what he called then you basically kind of shakes up the ground a little bit the weeds dry up and sometimes you have to pick them Mm. if you're trying to mass produce potatoes for all these people in america of course you rather just spray a bunch of pesticides and herbicides and prevent the weed from growing because it's affecting your crop so i i get the point of it but unfortunately it's affecting our health and Mm. we should be doing something to use less of it i wish you would have looked up when these governing bodies kind of came to existence because at one point, farmers were doing whatever they wanted to, and somebody had to step in and say, hey, this, this isn't right. I'm not sure if people were getting kind of ill from the food, you know what I'm saying, until they stepped in. Because there was a day in the past where these regular party bodies didn't exist. So I wonder how, how manipulated food was back then compared to how it is now. Very you good know? point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is a fair trade. Trade. This one's actually really interesting. This is this one really applies to uh, coffee, tea, 
cocoa, honey, bananas, juice, cotton, flowers, gold, rice, spices, herbs, sports balls, wine, composite products, and fresh fruit and sugar. This basically means that that the workers that are working on these, you could say farms or are producing these products, are treated in, in a well manner. It means they, they can establish unions, they have good wages, good working hours, and safe environments. I never knew this one even even, uh, even existed. I'm not sure last time I bought like a soccer ball, if I even looked, looked for this. Because it's actually good. If it says fair trade, it means that people are, are, are uh, taken care, care of. Yeah, it's good. Like imagine like miners that are mining gold, you know, you want them to be taken care of properly, right? So yeah. it's interesting. So this is more about about the people than about the product itself. Right. Even this one, the animal welfare approved. So this started in 26, 2006. I said, freaking oh, right before Christ. October 26, man. 2006. <laughs> 2006. And it's a division. It's a nonprofit institute. And it covered things such as uh, dairy cattle, bison, sheep, goats, pigs, chickens, geese, rabbits. And it basically stated that that there's a natural state that these animals are living in. They're behaving naturally. They're in a state of well, physical and psychological well-being. So I really like this because, you know, if you believe in energy and everything somehow, you know, kind of carries over. For example, the smaller fish in the sea have less mercury than the swordfish because the swordfish is the freaking top dog and predator and eating all the small fish, right? So that has the largest uh, concentration of mercury. Therefore, if you believe that things transfer over as far as energy it's a little bit more woo right so that means that the cow that i'm consuming was taken care of maybe some belly rubs and therefore i'm consuming it in great matter and it's digesting and it's good energy i don't know yeah man i don't know it's a little, it's a little bit far-fetched yeah but it that doesn't make sense like like on, on a micro level an animal that eats a lot of toxins you know it's going to develop toxins body and then if another predator eats that that animal it's gonna also have basically those toxins that that other fish the eats food you know? chain. It, ma- it makes it makes complete sense so you have to take care of these animals so another interesting one that we that we oh, let me cut you off so the way i kind of see it is if you're torturing this cow mm-hmm. right before you kill it and it has a bunch of adrenaline or whatever it is running in its veins and muscles and then you're consuming that uh product in the state that it was killed you know, it's not kosher technically and mm. all that stuff. So maybe there's some kind of effects on the body. Mm. So belly rubs and cows lead to a more tender piece of meat, huh? Yeah, man. They better play, you know, yoga and all that stuff mm. out there. That'd be some shit. I mean, hopefully the cow goes to a good life before it gets taken out. You know, same with like humans. I would hope to live a good life before, you know, I, I, I die as well. We should treat these animals also with respect. I was uh, on Instagram and they called it the animal holocaust. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that there's a holocaust with animals with the way we're treating them, especially seeing like cows being rotated in a giant circular thing, just getting fed and getting milked. And then you have the chickens just like cooped up trying to raise eggs and stuff like that, that it's a sign holocaust we don't see, but we're we're doing what we have to do because of consumerism. Right. And like it's a good way to look at plants because majority of don't don't have like a chicken coop or like a barn that has cows or or cattle, or, or or pigs. Like, just take tomatoes for example. If you don't water your tomatoes properly, if you don't, you know, care for them in a proper manner, you're not going to get a lot of tomatoes, right? Same same that goes with animals. Even though we're we're slaughtering them, you want to treat that that cow, you can say, with like dignity and, and respect because it's going to lead to a better piece of meat. Like, even though we do kill these animals for our own benefit, you still should be respectful for that because they're on this earth. Even even though we use them, they're on this earth for us to use. 
So treat it properly. I agree with you. Another interesting one is the American Humane uh, Certification. It's very similar to the one that, that Matt said. This one just makes sure that the animal has a clean water, clean food, and a good living environment. It's another certification that a lot of people go through to make sure, make sure to show the public that their animals are well treated for. The next one is the Non-GMO Project Verified, which is a nonprofit organization. It's third party for the American branch. It's located only in North America, and it's certified that our products are being grown without genetically modified engineering. So from seed to shelf, there's no tampering in its natural essence. Uh, Something I really look out for because I believe that GMOs are bad for us. There's a ton of research of how it affects our gut microbe and things like that. And uh, GMO is something that just started a few decades ago. So we probably don't even know the repercussions of the future of what's happening to, you know, to our gut. And Yeah, I was watching a documentary a few years ago. And this one was about GMOs of food. And I believe it was about corn. Like the corn that we now didn't exist, like, I think it was like 100 years ago. Like we've GMO'd corn so much that... The corn that we have now is not the corn that kind of existed back then, which is insane. Because imagine what we do to other other products, you yeah. know. So it's also it's also always interesting to look at because you are modifying it. Sometimes GMOs could could be good, uh, but sometimes you know it's a double edged sword because you're not sure what the repercussions are. Like you might have you might modify, let's say, tomatoes to make more abundant more abundance in, in tomatoes, the actual tomato itself. But then you never know how it might affect you in the long run. So it's always interesting to look at. Like, man, I always go for non-GMO if we can. Yeah, and we looked at that documentary that kind of, it's messed up because seeds technically are not patented, right? But if you genetically modify them, now a corporation could own them and could sell them. And you remember where there was like those African uh, crises and food shortages? that uh, There was countries that were rejecting seeds from these American companies because they knew they were genetically modified. And I don't know exactly what happens, but it, I don't know if it affects crops or soil, whatever it does to the environment. These African governments were refusing our help because they're genetically modified. I wonder if you, you know how, it's just top of my head, like marijuana, you have different trains of marijuana. And you know how they put one strain next to another so they can like pollinate together and create yeah, a different strain. And shit, yeah. yeah, is that considered genetically modifying? We gotta. I, we should probably. We should maybe in the future we could look into the exact definition because technically, naturally that that would never occur, right? But I don't, I don't by know the plant pla- term, right? But, but by you placing those plants together, they're able to cross pollinate and breed and create this. But would that be kind of genetically modified? I mean, so technically, two viruses, two different <laughs> virus strains, are in the host and infect. They mutate. But you're not so putting. This- those, we're not putting those viruses in there. They got in there naturally. Yes, that's probably so different, that's, right? So that's mutation. I mean, you're cross-pollinating. That's the only term I could think of right now. Cross-pollinating, but you know, like, but you physically put them next to each other. They would never ever be next to each other in a point in time without you putting them there. You can look it up right now. So I think that's I'm done to talk about the next point. So that's environmental manipulation, technically. You yeah. Know? Good point. Good point. Think? Good thoughts, man. Yeah, because then, like, I'm okay with that kind of stuff. Like, you know, put it like a certain tomato next to a certain tomato. They make a super tomato or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying (laughs) the next one is grass fed and this is a USDA label, which means that this animal cow or goat is getting fed natural grass during the growing seasons. Uh, And this is things like bison, dairy, lamb, and it's also free from antibiotics, synthetic hormones, 
and it meets the high animal welfare standards. I personally have been eating uh, grass-fed steaks ever for the past three months since I got to Chicago, and we've been buying them for quite some time. Honestly, there's a different quality of meat. It's honestly even more red. Uh, same thing with um, salmon. I like buying wild-caught salmon. You can tell the color on the salmon is different. It's actually more red. It's more muscular compared to the farm farm uh, salmon. They actually put dyes into the, the fish. Mm. So there's a difference in consuming it. Not only that, but there's research that says if you grain feed these animals, it offsets the balance between omega-3 and omega-6. Mm. And supposedly, the way we're consuming animal products based on what they're getting fed it's creating a bad ratio of omega-3 and omega-6s. It used to be one-to-one, and I, don't quote me on this one, one of the omegas are off balance from a one-to-ten ratio, and that's causing a lot of pro-inflammatory states in our body. Yeah, interesting, because if you, if you think about it, a lot of these animals that we have, they didn't really have access to grain. They would just eat, eat the grass. That, that was our natural diet, was just grass, so grass-fed. And then when farming came along, we introduced grain because it was a quicker and more efficient way to make the animal grow quicker, fan them up. And like Matt said, it messes up their GI tract and it creates these varieties of, of nutrition, you could say abnormalities compared to if you feed them their natural diet like grass. Same with humans, right? At one point, we didn't, we didn't have fast food, but then a fast food came along and we started eating fast food and we changed our diet, which then led to different diseases, different ways that body process things. Same with, same with animals. It would work the same way. So I, I looked this up. So the uh, modern American diet, the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is 10 to 1 mm-hmm. and as high as 30 to 1. Mm-hmm. In a natural state, it should be, for optimal health, 4 to 1. And we just think it's just taking a supplement, but we're not realizing that the food we're eating based on what the animals ate or is affecting our body. You know, it's crazy how this food chain effect uh, takes place. Yeah, exactly. And real quick, back to that GMO talk that we had. Uh, So when you put like two tomato plants next to each other, that's considered crossbreeding and it's not considered GMO. Okay. Yeah, but if you have like a GMO tomato and then you put it to a natural tomato and they breed, that's considered GMO because you're introducing that GM, even though it's it's cross-pollinating and crossbreeding, that one tomato was already a GMO, so it's considered GMO. So it's GMO anyway. Right. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. So, so these next labels, they're non-certified food labels, meaning they're, they just depend on the farmer and the processor, and we just have to believe and support that claim of what they're saying, that they're meeting standards. There's no third-party testing or certifications, how we kind of previously talked about the ones that we did. Yeah, there is there are certain standards, but they're not as in-depth as you could say like the USDA one and stuff. They're not really big bodies. You're kind of going to almost like, like a peer-to-peer kind of kind of system. Okay. Yeah, and the first one is hormone-free, RBGH-free. This one was very interesting because, man, I've learned that if you're buying chicken and it says RBGH-free or hormone-free, technically uh, the USDA does not allow hormones to be given to, to poultry. So... That's kind of like a marketing pull, you could say, because it's not supposed to have any kind of hormones in it in the first place. It's, ban- it's been banned since the 50s. Yeah. And this is, like, this is like chicken breast, not necessarily um, milk is what we're saying. So you have to be careful with, with milks and, and butters and cheeses. We're talking more of the animal itself. So chicken breast, all chicken breast that you buy should be hormone free. But the milk and the butter and the cheese, that might have hormones in it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. 
it's wild because in the 50s they used to inject chicken or they used to put them in, into the feed or into the water these hormones which is essentially estrogen and what happened is these chickens had higher fat counts and less muscle bigger breasts bigger stuff. breasts yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so all in the sake of capitalism man right uh next one is raised without antibiotics uh so this one's also a pretty interesting because when i was reading reading about this it's almost a standard for animals to get some kind of antibiotics in some point of, of their life either in their in their feed or or in like injected wise uh, the feed is more common injections you don't really see that uh, as often because it's more expensive and it's kind of more targeted so they do put antibiotics in in animal feed I'm, i mean i'm not sure how that affects us you know but if it's labeled antibiotic free then you could you could say that there was no antibiotics given but it, it is standard with raising animals that they're going to get some kind of antibiotic at some point of their life which is yeah. interesting the next one that's misleading is all natural and you see it everywhere in the store you, it just so real quick the, the next thing we're going to talk about this doesn't go through any kind of agencies no certification this is just a, a stamp says that hey that's just basically me telling matt hey my my stuff is this pure marketing yeah and uh, yeah there's no standard definition or regulations for all natural uh what does that mean i mean ketchup says all natural and it has high fructose corn syrup as like the second highest ingredient which is technically a man-made ingredient so you tell me yeah so when you see, you see the word natural you have to make sure it says certified naturally grown if it says certified naturally grown that's good but if it just says natural then there is nothing different about it nothing healthy about it it's just there as like a sticker basically another one is free range which we talked about in our in our egg episode so basically free range it all it does is that it states that the birds spend part of their life outside. It could be anywhere from 10 minutes a month to four hours a day. There's no regulation certification. It's just another one of those things where people slap on their eggs to make them sell better. Yeah, that's what upset me a lot because I always thought that when I'm buying my eggs and it says free range, it's these chickens are walking around somewhere, they're enjoying their time, you know, but for all I know, they might be just let out for a couple minutes like a dog and put back into the cage. Yeah, dude. So it's crazy, man. And like, you, you see all these like labels on these certifications, you're like, oh, for sure. And you trust them because it says this certified, certified this way. And you're like, oh, it has to be good for me. But then you look in, look into this and it doesn't mean anything, which is why it just shows you how, how our marketing works and how big consumerism is. So yeah. It's crazy, and- man. And that's why it's crazy is just these people can lie to you with food labels. So what makes you trust other things? Right. For example, before the episode are talking about that one brand that we were buying in Cali, which was the the dairy product. And you said that the milk was okay, but the cheeses and the... Uh, Telemach. Telemach. So we don't know if the cheese actually had the uh, the hormones that were given. Yeah, the RBG. Yeah, because like, like man, I said, the hormones, if it's a piece of meat... You can't give that animal a hormone, a growth hormone. But if it's like a dairy cow that's produced just for dairy, you could you could give that cow different things. Because you're different not killing it. Right, different regulation, which is also something really interesting. And it just shows you how people will always bend the system for something, right? It's crazy, man. Want to move on to snack bars? Yes, do it. Yeah, healthy snack bars. Everybody has them. I've been eating them as a kid. I'm sure you as well. And there's so much of them. And you also have those certifications on there. And there's so much there where you're not sure which, which one's to grab. And every month you, you feel like there's like a new one coming out. So which one is, is healthy? What should you actually pay attention to? The first thing is always going to be the ingredients. And on the ingredients list, 
usually they have the highest amount of ingredient always always listed first. So the first ingredient you always want to make sure that it's a, it's like a, it's a whole food. So if you're looking at a granola bar, you want to you want it to say like bananas, apples, figs, not and, wheat flour. Right. Not wheat flour, granola, all that stuff because the first ingredient is going to be the main component of 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 that granola bar. Yeah, and the second thing is the protein contents. Amino acids are important in building blocks for the human body, as you know, for bones, cartilages, different bodily functions. Just make sure you're at least having like five grams of protein there if you can in the granola bars. Yeah, and real quick to the ingredients, uh, three, thing, three things that you should always stay away from is going to be high fructose corn syrup, soy protein isolate, and inulin. So soy protein isolate is basically, it causes a lot of GI issues for a lot of people. And it's basically just to bump up the protein soy. content. Yeah, soy, soy protein isolate. It's just like a nice way for you to add protein. And also, inulin, I don't know, it's like a, it's a fiber booster too. So you might have something that has a lot of fiber, but if one of the ingredients is inulin, it's considered kind of fake fiber. And if you consume too much of it, it's also going to give you GI, GI issues. And it's not good for you in the long run. Yeah, and what if like that type of fiber you're consuming, it's actually affecting our gut microbe in a negative way right and what if it's just like what if it's like soy protein isolate and, and inulin and you're thinking hey you might have like a sensitivity to gluten because you use granola bars that contain wheat but actually it's a different ingredient you know so you kind of got to be careful you kind of got to adjust just your body and just avoid these three main ingredients first one is always gonna be high roast corn syrup if you could stay away from that your body's gonna love you i want to say 20 percent more yeah you know how i am i actually uh, when we, remember that one time we went to go to the breakfast shop mm-hmm. i asked the lady if there's high fructose uh, free ketchup. And she's like, no, could even eat the damn ketchup, man. It, it sucks. It always, always kind of makes me feel guilty consuming something bad. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that like 70% of your immune system is in the gut, why the hell should you not be caring about what you're consuming? If right. it's directly affecting your immune system and look what kind of time we're in right now. The immune system is vital more than anything. 100%. 100%. Uh, another thing to look at is, did you mention fiber already? No. Uh, fiber, really important. It's something that man and I, we don't get enough of and majority of society does not get enough of. And this insoluble fiber, fiber is, is the main component. So fiber regulates um, heart health, prevents types of diabetes, combats inflammation, and also reduces your risk of cancer. And like this is probably the hardest nutrition to, or hardest, you could say, nutrient to get into the body because not a lot of things contain fiber. Everything has to be plant-based to consume fiber. And how much plants are we actually consuming? How much salads are you putting on a damn plate? How colorful is your plate? Just like you said, it's so much easier to cook a steak or a piece of meat and have dairy products and potatoes and fiber is always on the side. Mm, yeah, it's hard to get, man. And and yeah, if you have like if you have chronic GI issues, you're not having a good poops, you probably just need a little bit more fiber and you know, you'll probably take care of business a little bit smoother. Yes, sir. Mm. The other one is sugar content. So as you know, the FDA changed our food labels this year. Now we kind of finally see the total added sugar in our labels. Try to avoid granola bars that have total added sugars. Mm. Yeah, the granola bars, they're made up of fruits, bananas, strawberries, blueberries. So it's always going to have naturally occurring sugar there. And you're going to have a higher carb content, usually in the protein. But try to avoid the added sugar. There's no need for that because fruits are sweet enough as it is. And if they're adding added sugar, it just makes, the, makes it sweeter and just, you could say, tastes better, but it's not necessarily better for you. Right. Not only that, but if you're consuming a snack that has added sugar and has a lot of sugar to begin with, you're going to have those 
insulin spike crashes. Mm. They're going to only want to make you have another snack just to level out that sugar. Right. And plus, if you look something with a good amount of fiber and good amount of protein, it's going to make you feel fuller for longer. Help helps with um, society. Is that what the word is? Society, yes. Society. Satisfaction. Yeah. Things adrenaline, the other one for the satisfaction hormones. Speaking of that, I'm actually looking forward to travel nursing again because I miss making overnight oats, dude. Mm-hmm. I have not had time to make overnight oats at home all the time, and that always kind of created society in my body. When I had it in the morning or in between the shift, it really held me over for a long mm-hmm. time. Maybe I'll make them in bulk tonight because I, ha- I bought the ingredients. <laughs> I bought the ingredients back in June when we first came back to Chicago and I, and I haven't made anything. I haven't even made myself oatmeal since we got here. It's just, it's just too busy. It's, yeah, we're, we're cranking a lot out. So I'm looking forward to all the projects that we have going on for us. But really quick, if you go on our show notes, we literally have an in-depth analysis about all these certifications, all these ingredients. And we also have conveniently listed the most popular bars and their ingredients and the nutrition facts. You can definitely take a look at that. And afterwards, you probably stop by the shop. Exactly. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. The first one is RX bars. Honestly, one of my favorites because it's made of literally like four or five ingredients. The main ones are always dates, egg whites, almonds, and cashews. Mm. Depending on the flavor that you're getting, for example, the one that we have here is chocolate sea salt. They're going to add chocolate, cocoa, and some natural flavors and sea salt. Yeah, yeah. RX bars are probably the top one if you're going to go for it. They are a little pricey, but... If you look at the like the cost analysis, you could say of, of your health, you're better off paying a little more now instead of suffering for a long run. Like, how much would you would you really pay to add like five years to your life? You you would pay a lot of money to add five years to your life. So why aren't you doing it right now? You know? Yep, it has no added sugars and it has five grams of dietary fiber, which is eighteen percent of your daily value. Mm-hmm. Not to mention twelve grams of protein, which is twenty one percent. Yeah, a lot of bars are also good. We we ate a lot of these. But unfortunately, the one that I pulled up here, I think this is the chocolate chip one. It does have added sugars, but you got to be careful. It says four grams, but I'm not sure what the which ingredient has the added sugars. Is it a Lara either, bar? Yeah, because you look at the ingredients, it doesn't say, oh, it does say sugar. Uh-huh. It's probably just added to the chocolate. So for the Lara bar one, uh, the first ingredients are dates, peanuts, and semi-sweet chocolate chips. So they probably add the, the sugar to it just so the chocolate isn't as bitter. Because well, you, you pulled up the chocolate chip. Yeah, one, right. But if I probably pulled up a different flavor, you probably wouldn't see the added sugar. But yeah, but, but be careful. You know, Lara bars are a healthier option. But like I said, you got to watch out for those added sugars. If you're really a health freak, avoid this, as you can say, chocolate chip chocolate chip one and probably pick, pick like a blueberry one. Yeah, those two are my top picks. And also, do you remember the one that we got? It's like... I forgot what the name it is. It's like thinks or thin something, and there's like two ingredients. It was it like just, red. Yes. Yeah. And it's like only blueberries, only strawberries mm-hmm. with something. That one was actually delicious. You actually tasted the fruit. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, the Quest bars are a popular, a protein one, but it's one you should definitely avoid. The first ingredient here is the protein blend, which is milk protein isolate and whey protein isolate. It doesn't have that soy protein isolate that I mentioned before, but it does have. Uh, those protein or those, those isolate based kind of proteins you could say and unfortunately it does have soluble corn corn fiber which i don't even know what the hell that is to be honest and it does have a bunch of different oils and also some preservatives so yeah. quest bar not the best choice i like tom bailu's podcast man but you got to work on your product mm-hmm. and like going down this list one trend that you're always going to see is these palm oils canola oils and all this stuff that are getting added it's just basically a cheap oil that's added to these granola bars to 
you know, drive down the price. But any kind of vegetable oil is toxic to your body. It's like it causes pro-inflammatory states. You want to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, because remember, like these, these, these plant-based oils, they were, didn't really exist in the, in the past. People use like animal fat to to make things. So animal fat was was like the first way where people actually were able to use oils. And you remember the whole uh, American Hospital Association funded was like two two million dollars or so to that guy. That uh, created the whole fad that saturated fats are bad, mm. and that's when we turned over to vegetable oils. But that shit's it's it's bad for us. Yeah. And it's maybe bad. like you know how I mentioned that corn is different from the corn that we have in the past. Maybe the corn in the past it was a healthier oil, but now with all this genetically modified corn and vegetables that we have, it messes with with the with the components of, of the oil. It probably makes it worse for you. Yeah, and, and a good perspective with that is like. Also, these farmers are ripping these fruits and vegetables quicker from the trees or wherever, wherever they're growing to get to the market. Mm-hmm. Because if they're ripe, by the time they come to the market, they're going to be, they're not going to, uh, blanking out on the word, they're not going to go bad. They're not going to arrive. Shelf life, mm-hmm. right? So let's just say if the banana lasted another extra week on it, the tree, imagine if it had doubled intake of potassium. Mm-hmm. But now it doesn't because we want to sell it and we want to just... Name of profit, man. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's why you got to watch out for the food that you eat. Like, your body's a machine. Like, the same way you, you put, like, high-octane gas in your car, but let's say, like, your BMW, you, you take up 91, right? Same way you want to put a 91 in your body, right? You're not going to put uh, the basic in there, right? Yeah, and I think that's why nowadays we need a multivitamin. Maybe back then we didn't, but we're our food is so micronutrient deficient that we need to supplement something yeah and we talk about that monocropping like back in the day people would grow wheat one season then corn then another vegetable then another vegetable now we're literally diluting the nutrition in these in these fields in, in these farmlands because we're growing the same crop over and over again so like they say the corn is always going to pull out x amount of nutrient from the ground but tomato pulls out a different one, but you're never switching them off. So you're always putting out the same, pulling out the same nutrition out of the ground over and over again. So unfortunately, the corn, you could say, gets nutrient deficient over time, which is, which is sad to say. That's why mono cropping is, is so detrimental to our, yes. to our fields. The next one is Nature's Bakery. Ooh, I love it because it's dairy-free, it's vegan, and it's kosher. It's made with d- dedicated peanuts and tree-free facility. But you know what? First ingredients, whole wheat flour. I'm not trying to eat flour as a standard. You got cane sugar, brown rice syrup, cane sugar, glycerin, rice starch. Like, what the heck is all that? You got 14 grams of added sugar. That's 28% of your daily value. There's not even enough protein there. 38 grams of carbs. I'm not even looking at this thing. I don't see even any kind of, oh, raspberries. I see raspberry and apple powder, right? Like, And that's like ingredient number like nine or ten. I'm, I always wonder what natural flavor means. Like, what can the corporations label as natural flavors? Because they, they always get away with that. Yeah. Even like the LaCroix, naturally essence. Hmm. I wonder what kind of ingredient is naturally essence, you right. know? Right. It just makes you wonder. Uh, another one is the Chewy Bars. Again. Probably the most popular one. Oh, yeah. I used to eat this shit all the time as a kid, man. Dude, and this is kind of misleading because the first ingredient is granola. So, like, oh, for sure, granola is the first ingredient. But then it has parentheses in what's in that granola. So this is how to get your ass. And you have a bunch of garbage in there. You have like some brown rice crisp. You have 
like some soybean oil, brown sugar, baking soda, soy lecithin, and that's see. This is how marketing works. Yeah, the first ingredient sounds nice, granola. Like, oh, granola is healthy for you. It's got to be good. But then it tells you what is actually in the granola, and it's complete garbage. Yeah, I don't even talk about this one anymore because I freaking ate it too much as a child. Yeah, man. Uh, the Kind Bars. It's another pretty decent one. But if you look at because it has um, almonds, peanuts, um, root fiber. But again, I would not get the Kind Bars because it has palm kernel oil. Again, it's another ingredient there from the vegetable oil family and added sugars and glucose syrup so what the hell that is i see a lot of, a lot of things have rice flour interesting right and then luna bars uh if you guys don't know luna bars are made by cliff bars and a lot of people think that luna bars are a little healthier than cliff bars but it doesn't seem like they are and the first ingredient on the luna bars is is a protein grain blend which contains soy protein isolates so the one that you should avoid Right yeah. off the bat, first ingredients. So we should probably just avoid that. And a bunch of oils. Sunflower oil, vegetable oil, palm kernel oil, glucose syrup. Yeah, you should stay away from this one. Even Cliff Bars. They're, they're, you know, when you look at the labeling, it's like, yeah, man, it's a snack that I want to get from hiking, high protein. But the main ingredient is brown rice syrup. It's a sauce. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's, almost, it's almost a drink, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's made with a ton of sugar. Uh, this label that you made here is actually before 2020 uh one mm. so we don't know what the total added sugar there but it's 44 it's 21 grams of sugar so i'm sure most of it is added oh yeah for sure yeah the first ingredient is brown rice syrup so that's the most abundant thing in there and it's a granola bar so imagine how much syrup they got tossed in i think that's the first ingredient right it's crazy dude i think that's why cereals are also misleading they're horrible for you as a breakfast i wonder how it started like the whole marketing scheme behind breakfast so dairy um we talked about it damn i, I forgot so there was this there was this mormon guy that that created cereal but i forgot the, how the whole story goes but the reason why cereals are so popular is because it was a good way to introduce vitamins to children because it was in the beginning it was a good healthy alternative but then they started you know adding sugar and all that stuff because cereal is very fortified so it benefited the kids a lot because yeah they would c- consume a, like a sweet snack but they would also get a lot of the the vitamins that they that they wouldn't normally get because it was fortified yeah and i'm not gonna lie sometimes i chose the cereal based on what was behind the box so, remember back in the day there used to be toys and stuff like that i used to collect those i'm not gonna lie dude like reese's, reese's cup cereal dude Still fire, man. For me, it's cinnamon toast crunch. Cinnamon I love I love crunch. cinnamon. I haven't had it in years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I, right now, that's what I'm thinking of as a childhood. I always used to think I'm cool when I ate Apple Jacks because they had that cool commercial with that Jamaican guy with, with the cinnamon stick and the apples. Yeah, jumping in the bowl, dude. When I bought when my parents bought Apple Jacks, I was like, yeah, I'm cool, dude. Like you know, it's like you had them for like a, like I put them in like a baggie for a snack. You know, you yeah, you had school. But yeah, it's all garbage for you. It's sure. wild how we were raised, and even like in our school lunches, the standard was a chocolate milk. Who knows if that chocolate milk had the hormones they were given to us? It's wild. But the beautiful thing is, is you have the power right now, today, listening to this podcast to start eating better and changing your life for the better because it's never too late. Yeah. It's never too late. Starts now. Like, it's not too late to change. Our body is forever changing. So it doesn't matter how you look today or how you feel today. You can always improve it tomorrow. But the same way is you could fall off and jump back to your old ways a week from now, a month from now. So it's double-edged sword like we say a lot. You know, got to take care of yourself. I feel like we say double-edged sword a lot. We should probably just make a shirt design that's like that. Mm-hmm. It's like nursing career, double-edged sword. You know, bachelor's degree, but then got to still wipe ass. Yep. Double-edged sword, you know. 
Still fighting for my rights not to wipe up. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Let's wrap this one up. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you guys next Monday and even Friday. Peace.